Welcome to Hope Is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope Is Here. My name is Greg Horn. We are talking about after amen, what to do while you're waiting on God. And we're talking about yielding to the how. Yielding to the how. How God answers prayers. Uh, Maybe you're like me. We like to kind of control how God wants to do things or give him some suggestive suggestions, right? And yet we need to, as followers of Jesus, I've learned through a wonderful book called After Amen by Rusty George in my own personal life of following Jesus for over 40 years that uh, sometimes how God answers prayers is not how Greg would answer prayers. And But it's always better. And uh, Romans eight twenty eight says, All things work together for those who love the Lord or call according to his purpose. And we've been looking at people like Paul and Joseph that had to wait and then how God used them and answered prayers in ways that they totally weren't expecting. And Paul waiting three years, Joseph 13 years. So be encouraged, friends, today. And, you know, sometimes we just don't understand the how, but we can trust God. And, I mean, even the cousin of Jesus, John the Baptist, had to wrestle with this. He had been tasked to prepare the way of the Lord, and he did it. He was baptizing people and telling them to repent, for the kingdom of God was near. And when Jesus arrived, John said, Behold, the Lamb of God is here. And Jesus must become greater. I must become less. John 3.30, one of my favorite verses that I read so often because I need to remember that Greg needs to decrease and that Jesus needs to increase. I mean, John, he, he had lived out his why, what he was asked to do to prepare the way, and his what, he, I mean, he was his how and what were simply to prepare the way for Jesus. And he even had the honor of baptizing Jesus. However, he tried to get out of that how. <laughs> it says in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 15, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. Not long after this, then John was going to have his greatest crisis of faith. He agreed to baptize Jesus. And I love what happened when he did baptize Jesus. says that the sky, God's voice said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And I love that, friends. Jesus had not done one thing in ministry yet. In fact, he was going to leave to go out and do 40 days of wilderness, in the 40 days of wilderness to be tempted by the devil. But he was simply obedient, did the next right thing, the thing that God asked him to do, and wanted to align his why with God's why and God's kingdom. And John the Baptist said, hey, you know what? I'm going to do this because that's what is God's plan. And Jesus and John the Baptist were both obedient. But after that, uh, John the Baptist had a real crisis of faith. Uh, After months of publicly going and teaching that the new king of the Jews is here, talking about Jesus, the current self-proclaimed king of the Jews, King Herod, would start to kind of take an issue with this. And not only did he do it, but his wife particularly did. And you can understand that, that, you know, who is Jesus, king of the Jews? No, my man, Herod is the king. So she finally just says, you know what? You need to do something about this, Herod. So get a little piece of what quite. Uh, He did. 
King Herod had John arrested. So while he's in prison, John hears about all the miracles Jesus is performing and wonders, why aren't you helping your cousin out, man? Help me get out of prison. And then he starts having those questions like we all do sometimes. Could he have been mistaken? Did I get it wrong? I thought I heard God right, and but maybe I didn't. So when John was in prison, heard about these deeds that the Messiah was doing, he sent the disciples, hey, go ask Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 7, verse 2, it says, they asked him, are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? I mean, John, like us, had to be asking, is it really you? Are you really God in the flesh? Because I assumed that God who called me to do this job would protect me, and I wouldn't wind up in prison, Right? Uh, you know, John's asking the same question that you and I do. When things go bad, we wonder, and it rattles one, one of our earliest prayers that we learn as kids. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. So is God's silence an indicator that either God isn't great or that God isn't good? Matthew chapter 11, verses 4 through 6, Jesus replied, Go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And Jesus added, God bless those who do not fall away because of me. So Jesus is saying to the religious leaders and the Pharisees, the soldiers, and now John the Baptist, I trust my father with the why and the what, but also the how. And, you know, that had to be a struggle for the first church in the first century. Imagine how exciting things must have been. The resurrected Jesus has said the why and the what. Then Jesus came to them and said, you know, hey, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. So then about 10 days later, that's exactly what they did. Peter shares the good news to all who had gathered in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost, and 3,000 people responded to this altar call. They started to share their belongings, to take care of one another, live out their mess, mission, and they were going to live happily ever after, right? They forgot to go into all the world part. So when persecution breaks out, they have to flee. They're fleeing. They had to flee Jerusalem. Everyone is praying for this to end. This is not their idea of how to do church. But God uses this to help them take the good news from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and the world. What about when one of the leaders of that early church, James, is martyred? they got to be wondering then, I mean, God, is this how you're going to build your church by allowing the leaders to die? And what about the fact that James and his brother John were two of Jesus' closest friends and one is killed and the other is allowed to live a long life. Why one and not the other? God, is this how you advance your kingdom? It's not how I would if I was in charge. Speaking of advancing the kingdom, you know, we just need to always know that God's kingdom 
It's going to be coming here. And Jesus said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means a daily prayer of ours. And I want to encourage you today to just ask God to show me where you're working and let me join you with it in what you want to do with my one and only life. So I want to ask you here in the time we have remaining, what is your how that you need to yield to today? Is it a broken family relationship? Do you have a loved one that is struggling with addiction? Maybe you're having physical health or mental health challenges. Or maybe you're just, uh, you're just lonely today. No, God, I understand why I'm not married. You know, I, I'm single. I've never been married. Or, God, I got divorced several years ago, and uh, you still haven't brought anybody, and I feel like I've waited patiently and tried to serve you. Or maybe you're a widow. You're just like, you know, I never dreamed that I would be uh, by myself in this season of life. I never dreamed my mate would be God to heaven this soon. So some of these hows that may kind of, you know, get you out of where you're at today in your comfort zone, you can still know that God will be with you. Even if you're going through all those things I just mentioned, you know, and you're like, God, I really truly do want to yield the how you're working in this situation. Even though I don't understand you, I don't see you right now, and I don't even feel you right now. Um, Friends, I want to encourage you to stand on a verse today that's helped me so many times when I did not understand what God was doing or how he was going to answer a prayer or, or in a situation I was dealing with. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 is just a, a game changer. It reminds us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love that. He doesn't change. He says he's the same Yesterday, in the past, okay? In the past, and when I reflect on the past, God was always with me, even in some of those most painful times. He's with us today. Friends, you can stand on that promise today that God is with you. He promises he will never leave us or never forsake us. And then the most exciting part of this verse, the last part, he's with Jesus Christ is with us forever. In other words, friends, he's going to be with us in the future. You don't have to be in fear. I love this song that uh, uh, this group called Truth back in the 80s. It was really a popular Christian music group. And I got to see him in concert one time here in Lexington back then. And uh, they had a song called He's Already There. You know, basically saying God's already there in this whatever it is that I'm really anxious about, that I'm fearful what's going to happen in the future in my life or in this specific situation. God's already there. And friends, uh, I can say to you now, it's hard to believe that that's been over 30 years now that, you know, it's true. God is already there and he is with us in the future because a lot of things change. A lot of things are inconsistent, but one thing we can stand on that's a constant is that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what do you do while you're waiting on God? Let me make a couple of suggestions here. One, yield how God might answer your prayer. Then maybe take some time this week to evaluate your prayers. What if God chose to answer it maybe in another way? couple other things, as my dad used to say, kind of a little food for thought. Are you also yielding the how as well? Just saying, you know, God, however you want to answer this prayer, 
and in your timing. Because here's what I know, friends. God forcefully advances his kingdom in this world in ways that are not always like mine. And even though I'm okay with his why, waiting on God to answer allows me to get comfortable with his how as well. So as we close out today's program, I want to share uh, some psalms that might help you uh, just kind of get your hearts and minds prepared to yield to the how, how God might answer your prayers today. Psalm chapter 25, verses 4 and 5 says, Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 6 says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it, Lord, completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful and too lofty for me to attain. And the final one I want to share with you today is Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my ancients, anxious thoughts. See if there is anything offensive in me and lead me in the way everlasting today. So friends, I want to encourage you today, after you say amen and while you're waiting on God, to just yield the how he wants to answer those prayers. It'll bring you a lot of peace and it'll bring you freedom while God is working behind the scenes on the things that you've laid at his feet. My name's Greg Horn, and this is Hope Is Here. Thank you for listening to Hope Is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. Feeling a little blue this holiday season? Struggling with depression or anxiety? Feeling a little hopeless? Join Greg Horn, Stacy McDonald, and other mental health advocates in Lexington on Saturday, December 2nd for the State of Mind, Gospel of Mental Health Conference as they share on how you can go from hopeless to hopeful. To register and find out more information, go online at thegospelofmentalhealth.org. That's thegospelofmentalhealth.org.